That's right, y'all. Welcome to the Journey to Develop Her podcast. Let's go. This podcast equips you with the real estate and wealth strategies you can use to develop and enhance your skills, experience, and profits in real estate. While also being healthy on the inside and the outside. You ready? We are showcasing some of the world's greatest male and female real estate developers and entrepreneurs. Now it's time to develop. Here's your host, real estate developing queen, Deontay Chantel. Let's go. I'm Deontay Chantel, developer and entrepreneur, and the host of the Journey to Develop Her podcast. We talk about all things real estate and self-development, we'll say. And we do have a special guest today, Mr. Rich Wonders, the Novation King himself. And he's going to talk to us all about Novations, how to do them, how to acquire property. And we're going to talk about wholesaling as well because it, it all plays a part. It's just a different strategy in wholesaling. All For right. Sure. So For sure. To run it back, we're going to talk about your origin story, how you got started in this business, and what led you to real estate. Okay. So I had done a bunch of jobs. I did sales jobs before. I sold biz offs over the phone for a while when I was in my early 20s. Um, I worked in a recording studio for a couple of years. Things didn't end up working out. Um, I, found, I found myself basically completely broke. Um, my girlfriend at the time kicked me out um, and I was sleeping on the floor of the recording studio at nighttime when the owners and everyone was gone. I was like working through the night. I get a couple hours of sleep. I get up early enough and take off and go, you know, hang out with friends or whatever during the day, try to catch a shower, try to, you know, change clothes and, you know, get a couple hours of sleep. And then I come back and I work. Right. And obviously I knew that wasn't sustainable. And after a while I got sick of that. I had a friend that let me sleep on his couch. Um, and basically I had to get a, a, a job, a real job. I found myself calling one Craigslist ad. Uh, it was for setting up and demonstrating home appliances. Found I was actually selling Kirby vacuums door to door for like $2,800 commission only. Uh, long story short, did that for nine years. I uh, had my own business with that for a while, but like learned so, so much in sales. Cause that was like a very difficult sales position, but the guy I worked for was a freaking G. Like he had his stuff. He knew sales. He knew how to motivate people. He knew how to run teams. He knew how, like, he just did everything on a high level. And this guy was making millions of dollars every year and had huge house, 5,000 square foot house on an acre, $300,000 pool. He had the whole vision of like all the things that, you know, a lot of people think of for material success, right? So, that was like the thing that kind of like showed me like entrepreneurship could be real and showed me like, look, even if you're doing something that's considered a quote unquote crappy business or whatever, you can make millions of dollars if you do it at a high level. And it taught me a lot. Like there was a, he was like a really good mentor for me that taught me a lot of things. And like, I can say that now looking back, but at the time there was a lot of times that he pissed me off because he, uh, he didn't pull any punches. And he was, he was just a straight up dude, but it ended up being such a blessing because it really got my sales chops down. And I had a lot, I mean, I had nine years of doing like the same sales presentation and training people and hiring people, learned a whole bunch. So basically maxed that out, finally got sick of doing that. Um, I had a baby on the way, uh, my, first, my first child on the way, I had met my now wife, she was then my girlfriend, 
And like with Kirby, when I was doing the vacuum things, I was traveling all around. You know, we'd go for like a week or two at a time to go like these little towns, New Mexico, Northern Arizona, all over the place. I just knew, I'm like, look, these next nine years got to be better than these last nine years because I'll be damned if I'm just a career vacuum salesman and this is like my legacy. Like I thought I was going to be like a famous producer at one point. I had all these high hopes. And basically at that point, I felt like a failure, right? And I'm like, look, I need to get into better vehicle. Like I was making what I thought was good money. Like I was making low six figures, like selling the Kirby's, but um, I just knew it wasn't sustainable and it wasn't the lifestyle I wanted. So uh, I had a buddy, his name's Jared Piper, and he was a realtor. And I, I, I was his friend on Facebook. He was a friend from like elementary school that I like loosely stayed in contact with. And I'm looking at his feet. I'm like, okay, he's in South America this week. He's in freaking Bali next week. He's taking all like these crazy exotic vacations. And I'm like, dude, what? Why is he doing all this? And I'm here like stressed the hell out. Like, I mean, maybe I need to do what he's doing, right? And I hit him up and I'm like, bro, like this realtor thing looks like it's really working out. And he's like, yeah, bro, I don't do that anymore. Like I'm not a realtor anymore. He's like, I still have my license, but I don't do any retail stuff. I was like, well, dude, what the hell are you doing? He's like, I wholesale. I was like, wholesale? What's that? Right? And he like explained it to me. He's like, yeah, I market direct to seller. I negotiate a price with them. And then I resell it to a cash buyer and I earn a profit. I was like, damn, you know, that, 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 you know, that doesn't sound too bad. I could do that. Like, I talk to people all day. Like, I'm sure I could figure that out, right? So that's what started my journey of kind of going down the YouTube rabbit hole. So I was still doing my Kirby thing, right? And I was just like, between all my calls, all my free time was just like YouTube wholesale. Like I got into uh, Sean Terry real big. Um, I, I was watching Con Wholesale to Millions was another early one I was watching. Uh, TTP, you know, Brett Daniels. Like basically any information I could get my hand off, hands off, I was just consuming. I was like, I need to figure out everything I can about this because I need to make sure if I make this leap, like I'm not in a position to fail like I can't like I'm going check to check now I'm, I'm used to this like lifestyle where so basically uh, I'm watching Sean Terry I'm watching all this stuff right uh, I go and uh, holler at my buddy I was like you know asking about maybe us possibly working together um, went and met with him he was like a one-man band so he was doing his thing solo he had like an assistant and he might have like like a BA or something right but I went into his office I didn't know at the time, this guy was already making millions of dollars, but like I saw his office, it was kind of empty and I was like, oh man, I don't know, like, you know, I was used to working in a big office with a lot of people. So, you know, we kind of put that on pause and I ended up off. Uh, oh. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I ended up hitting up Sean Terry because I was like, look, let me find the version of the guy that I'm working for in wholesale, right? So to me, I'm like, uh, no brainer, Sean Terry, you know, he, he has all these videos, all these trainings, podcasts, and he lives in Phoenix where I am. I'm like, I should probably hit him up. So I ended up hitting him up, uh, basically gave him my pitch, like, look, top Kirby salesman, I will do whatever it takes. I'll be the best, you know, employee that, you know, you've ever had and gave, gave him a whole nine yards, right? He told me to send a video, literally five minutes later, sent him a video. He's like, 
whoa, like I wasn't expecting that. Like I wouldn't put on a shirt and tie, went in my car where it was quiet and just like recorded a video explaining like why you should give me a chance. He's like, man, that was fast. I've never had someone send a video. I was like, Sean, I told you, like I'm ready. I've been watching your content. I connect with the way that you sell. It's the same way I sell. I know your techniques work. Like all I need is just a shot at this. You don't even have to pay me. Like don't even worry about it. Like I will be successful, right? So he ended up setting up a, uh, an interview with uh, his office manager, Gia, who still works with them. Uh, and then I ended up getting an interview with Sean. He ended up hiring me. Uh, you know, like a month or two later, I was running like the acquisitions department and we did all in-person leads for the first year. So it was all local houses in Phoenix. Uh, we were going into appointments in people's houses and by some like crazy miracle, like right before COVID hit, uh, one of Sean's buddies, uh, Nick Perry, and there's also a few other people that were doing this national virtual model and Sean wanted to switch over to it, right? Because he was seeing the success, the scalability, uh, you know, being able to go into other markets where marketing's cheaper, less competition, a lot of advantages to it. So we ended up switching over to that right before COVID, maybe like four months before COVID shut everything down, right? And it sucks. Like, like the first couple of months really sucked. Like we bought a, a bunch of crappy properties in crappy areas. We couldn't sell them. The ones we did sell, we didn't make very much money on. We we're making like five, 10 grand and all this. I'm like, oh man, this kind of sucks. But we eventually figured out all the things we were doing wrong. And like right when COVID hit, like it was like the perfect storm because we were already ready virtual. And like we were just in the position to just crush it and uh, worked for him for a year doing the virtual and had, had some really good success. My final month, I made like 360K in revenue, like off my deals, right? My biggest month ever was like a, a biggest month for him, uh, or maybe for an acquisition for him. I'm sure he's made more of that himself, but crushed it, right? Got a big head, and me and him got into it over a hire that I thought you know was great. Him and this other guy that was also like a manager didn't like him as much, and basically somewhat told him off in my own way. And <laughs> ended up getting fired. Like the golden boy brought in all the money, locked out of the CRM, gone, right? So uh, I got my last check from him. It was like the biggest check I'd ever had at one time. I was like, I lost like 46,000 or something like that. Never had my hands on that much money at one time before. Like I was like, okay, cool, sweet. Obviously I'm rich now and set for life. Not really, but you know what I mean? <laughs> in, my, in my mind, right? Big check, oh yeah, everything's good. And um, uh, went on my own, spent a whole bunch of money, got a couple deals, didn't really work that hard. Ended up getting down and uh, worked for a guy named Corey Geary. And that's where I learned Novations. And then that's where I developed also my sales pitch for Novations, and kind of fine tuned all that. And uh, you know, me and him ended up parting ways maybe eight months later. He was uh, you know, featuring my calls in his mastermind. So basically all the people in his mastermind when they found out I left, they started hitting me up for like training and acquisitions. And that's why I kind of started my, my own journey of, you know, people were sending me leads and I was JVing with them, had some partnerships form, started doing training for some bigger uh, wholesalers around the country. And then, yeah, I've been doing my own thing now for a little bit over a year, maybe a year and a half. And uh, just crushing it, man, helping teams across the country, spread the innovation gospel, getting people uh, on game for how you can sell your wholesale deals on the MLS to retail buyers. And I just love negotiations. Um, 
you know, working with people. I love working with sellers, but more so, I love working with salespeople. Because right. like, if I can teach someone like something that's going to help them make more money and achieve what they want, like for me, that that's like very satisfying. You know what I mean? Because I, we all see ourselves in other people, you know. So like, if I if I can help someone else make money, obviously it's going to help me as well. Let me ask you, because you you gave us the whole rundown, and thank you for sharing that journey. My journey is very similar. I had partners, and we didn't work out. Right? So I <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes you just have to work with people and learn what you need to learn, and go on about your business, right? But we right. we we just can't work with them. Just gotta keep moving. So I understand with that. I also started out in the investment space as a wholesaler as well. Um, for those who do know about me, started out as a wholesaler. Uh, went to real estate development within like two years of wholesaling. And um, the plan is to teach all of that on the podcast. But for Novation, what is a Novation contract? Because yeah. a lot of people here, people wholesalers that I actually know on here, and some people that wanted to learn it, they know about wholesaling. But I don't think they're implementing that Novation contract. So tell us exactly. Sure. Oh, we can. So the only difference between a novation deal and a classic wholesale deal is there's different paperwork. So you have a purchase agreement, you have what's called an attorney in fact that lets you list the property on the market, and then you have what's called the novation agreement that allows you to sell it to a buyer with a loan. So traditional wholesale, you have to sell it to someone that's paying for with cash or hard money, right? So okay. like an investor, fix and flipper, maybe it's a landlord, but you can't normally accept someone that is paying with a loan, with financing. Mm -hmm. So if you have the right paperwork, the right title company, and you know how to position it with the seller where you're disclosing everything that needs to be disclosed, they don't feel like anything funny is going on, they're okay with the process and they see the value and what you're doing, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. It's basically like a hands-off experience for the seller, but we can sell to a retail buyer. We just do all the legwork and we earn a fee. So they're promised like their net amount and anything we get over that, that's our profit. Oh. And like okay. the, the average uh, like fee on a novation deal right now, at least with us, is like 33,000. So uh, it's not bad. It was higher when things were, when things were better. But like normally it's it's a good ten, twenty thousand dollars more than it would be on a wholesale deal. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these deals we could not wholesale. Like they're they're moving ready, they're not really like a fix and flip. It's below market, but it's not enough margin to sell it for like sixty percent or whatever the buyers are paying right now. Right. Right. So let me ask you, because you're selling to a mortgage buyer, specifically what type of mortgage buyer are you looking at? Are you looking FHA buyers or are you just dealing with conventional? Does it make a difference for you, the type of mortgage the buyer would have? So it just depends on what, you know, what type of loan the interested buyer has. Like since it's going on the MLS, it's showing to everybody. Now conventional loan is better for us because there's less requirements. The inspection's not as hard. You know what I mean? There's less moving parts. It's not a government backed loan, but we can accept any of those. So the VA loans and the FHA, they normally do pay more too. Uh, you know what I mean? Those type of buyers, it's normally a first time home buyer with the FHA and then the VA loans, you know, they'll sometimes offer higher because they know there are more, uh, more requirements for it. And normally like 
if there's a conventional and a VA loan, uh, both offering at the same price, most realtors are going to pick the conventional one because it's easier. You know what I mean? But yeah, we accept, we accept any type of loan. Okay. So basically you're just wholesaling a house to a mortgage buyer, which, okay. It just requires a different type of contract. Makes sense. Yeah. So like a retail buyer, like a family that's going to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I totally. mean, I guess I've done one, but it, I didn't use a Norvation contract. I did actually a few, but I never used a Norvation because I, the seller and then I just used different terminology on the HUD and I kind of just got paid. Did you double close it or how did you, uh, um, how did you get paid? The, well, I knew the seller. So, uh, okay. Like, they paid you outside of escrow? Right. When you know the, uh, the, the seller, it's easier. But now that you, you, you're telling me, informing me about this novation contract, yeah. I'll always, yeah. if I needed to do it. Right now, we're not, I'm not really focusing on that. I do have an acquisitions team. I hope they're watching. <laughs> so you know what to do. So, so how would you find a, how do you know? Well, no, no, how do you know? How can you find a novation deal? Like if we were using PropStream, um, what would we be looking for to find those type of leads? Or how so do you it's, it's all the same criteria that you would use to look for a typical wholesale deal. Now, the only difference is, is the house doesn't have to be beat up, right? Normally with a wholesale deal, in order for it to make sense, normally the house needs a good amount of work because that's what's going to justify them selling at a discount. Now, the main thing you're looking for on a novation deal is the seller is motivated. The seller wants to sell. They have a problem that needs to be solved. And generally, they're looking for speed, convenience, and certainty. Those are kind of like the three pillars of what we can offer is like the main benefit. So, yeah, uh, I mean, tax liens, uh, you know, pre-foreclosure, regular liens, uh, even high equity deals. Now, I don't typically recommend like, I mean, you can call non-owner occupied like landlords and everything like that. Just know like if there is a tenant in there with a long-term lease, that is going to be a bit of an issue, uh, you know, when you go to sell it to like a family that wants to move in there. You're gonna have to offer cash for keys. You're gonna have to figure out a way to legally and ethically uh, let that tenant move on. So yeah, higher price point houses too are fine. You know, like the sweet spots normally between like 150 and maybe like four or 500,000 in most markets. But if there, if there's more, meat on the bone uh, on the house, there's more opportunity to make margin, but the lower price point houses do sell faster because it's, it's more affordable for more people. So it's good to have kind of a mix in there, but yeah, there's not really, besides motivation, there's not really like a criteria that, you know, this house will work and this one won't. I just wouldn't recommend locking in stuff in the middle of nowhere or stuff that's like complete, like, where there's houses selling for five and ten thousand dollars. Some people that's their thing, but honestly, like those cheap deals like that normally are the same amount of work as the big ones. So you may as well go for a higher price point house where you can make a little bit more money for your efforts. That'd be my recommendation. Right. So are you also tapping into um, for sale by owner leads? So in my business, like we do all PPC and cold calling. That's kind of our two main marketing channels. I'm about to say for- those who don't know what PPC is, let us know. 
Yeah, I know Google pay-per-click right. advertising. So advertising online, when people type in a search term, we have all these different search terms that we bid on, like sell my house fast, all these different variations of that. And then it'll our webpage will come up as a sponsored ad and they can click on it and they can either call the number or fill out a form and it shoots into our CRM. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was just like, what's the low-hanging fruit? Who do we know definitely wants to sell? I used to be a realtor too, so I'm like, yeah. no, definitely wants to sell, but they are just too cheap to a realtor. So that's why I thought about the by owners. But no, I mean, pay-per-click definitely makes sense. If, for those who have a budget, um, hold on, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm talking. Hold on one second, y'all. Um, so with that being said, excuse y'all, excuse me, excuse y'all. Um, so with that being said, um, let's say someone just starting out wholesaling, like myself, when I first started, I literally had no money, literally. Yeah. By the grace of God, I got where I am with no money. Right. So how would you encourage someone to start as a wholesaler or start in real estate with no money? What's the, what's your tips on that, that approach? So there's a couple things. One, you can link up with someone that's already in motion. Someone that is already doing deals, figure out what you can do to be useful for them. Do they need you to cold call for them? Do they need you to be their lead manager? Do they need you to do something? Like, this is what I would say. Like the, 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 the fastest way, if you don't have any of your own resources, if you have your own resources, I've got different advice, but if you have no resources, just know you're going to need resources. So if you don't have resources, be resourceful and find someone with resources and figure out how you can be a resource to them. Cause you know, most people that are starting the business, they either have money and don't have much time. Like they have like a, like a high paying job that they don't want to do forever. Right. But they're really, really short on time, but they have, they do make some extra money where they can invest or they have time and they don't have a lot of money. Like maybe they're like a, a single parent or they're working a job that's not a high paying job and they're just kind of just getting by and getting the bills paid, but they're kind of treading water. So I would definitely recommend educating yourself, utilize the free resources like on YouTube, there's tons of free stuff. Follow people like you and people like me and other, other people like be aware of who's out in the space and try to gain as much knowledge as possible. Um, but yeah, working for another wholesaler, that's what I did. And that's what I would recommend because it worked out good for me. Like I, I learned a lot in a short amount of time. And I know like looking back now, like I thought at the time I could do all this on my own. Looking back now at who I was when I started, I would have never made it. I would have quit and I would have had to go and get another job. Like I had the sales stuff down, but there was so much stuff that I didn't know that I didn't know about how hard things can actually be and like the type of pressure that you have to deal with on different situations where like you underestimate how hard it can be and it, it can like, and I'm not trying to scare people. Yeah. You'll get through it. And when you're done, you're going to be this new person that is a beast. Like you will continue to get stronger. Like every deal that goes crazy and all the things you deal with, all the pressure will make you a stronger person, but don't like, if you go into this thing thinking it's going to be like, ah, eh, not that hard. Like it, it will be, it will be hard at some point once you do enough deals. So link up with someone would be my advice for someone without resources. 
Now, one thing you could do if you want to just get your feet wet is I would pull just a list and start doing cold calls. You know, pull a list uh, that I name like tax delinquent, uh, you know, lien list, uh, inherited properties, any of these. And I would set like a time where you're calling, even if you just say, look, I'm only going to call for an hour a day. Make sure you call for that full hour and you go hard or an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is. Just set that down because you're going to need to get the reps in for you to sound even halfway decent on the phone, right? So it's going to be a lot of activity. Like you're trying to learn this skill where you can make six figures in a month. Like if it was easy, everybody would do it. So just like go into it knowing like it's completely possible, but there's going to be a lot of work involved and just kind of mentally prepare yourself. Now, yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, I had to add value to my very first, um, I guess, mentor, we'll call him. Um, he actually was my first cash buyer. Um, at the time, I was working as a, a real estate paralegal. So, of course, I'm adding value if I can put in contracts for him. If I could, I wasn't co calling, but you know, I was also finding properties. He found me by me just um, posting somebody else's deal. So, I would say also, Try to find other wholesalers that already have deals on the contract and try to sell their deal so you can make some money. And this is how I first cash buyer, he wound up mentoring me. He actually helped me get into real estate development as well. Um, and we were in talks of him funding all my real estate deals too. So you just never know who one person that you Oh, meet for sure. Impact. You change everything. Yeah, one person, you, you never know. So make sure you're, like he said, you're adding value to people especially if you expect them to help you or mentor you. Um, so I totally agree with that. So what are some of the things, because you mentioned cold calling. First of all, before I go to cold calling, let's talk about some of the markets that you suggest. Now, I know you're in those markets probably. So, you know, I guess you don't have to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you no. can give I mean, there's no secret. Honestly, where the hedge funds buy are all the markets. They've already done the research for us, right? I trust them. They've got a lot bigger budget than me. Anywhere hedge funds buy is a good market. Good. Uh, I would say for most people, unless you're in the middle of nowhere, starting in your backyard is not a bad idea either. Right. You know, it, because it'll be easier for you to build your network in your home city. You can go to live events. You can, I mean, it's a different connection when you go and meet someone and shake their hand in person than when you're just meeting them over the internet. But... With that being said, I have people that I've never met in real life that we've done hundreds of thousands of dollars in deals in. You know what I mean? All just over the phone, Skype, and all that. So, so I was, how do okay? So I was going to ask you about the buyers too, but you mentioned your hedge fund buyers. What are your suggestions on how to find hedge fund buyers? So I mean, you can even honestly with just a Google search, but right now, like hedge funds, they're they're not buying a lot. And I wouldn't suggest go, a new person going in with their strategy to be to start selling the hedge funds. Like they will eventually start buying again. But right now, like everyone I know that's doing 10 deals or more a month, they're all doing at least half of their deals on market as novations. Um, it's just, it's too difficult to do like the whole business of just wholesale right now and get the volume that you need and the profitability that you need. So I would pick one or two markets too if you're brand new and um, you know stick stick with those. Now I do have something that I just worked out um, with a company called Cold Call Advantage, and we'll be launching it next week. I'll give you guys just like the sneak peek, 
sneak peek right now. But I wanted to have like a plan for people that are looking to get into wholesaling and they don't have the marketing budget and they don't have all that already. And we ended up working out this deal where like the course members that get into innovation and acquisitions training, they get like a free month of like one or two cold callers with the data and everything. So they'll have like leads for that first month at least mm-hmm. uh, coming in where they can practice and everything and potentially get a deal. So I'm like, I'm trying to think outside the box, you know what I mean, on that and be able to put people on, but I'll, I'll drop more details with that when that, uh, you know, once we have the website launched and all that good stuff. So this is another option. Yeah, sounds very, very interesting and clever, actually. Right? Yeah, so, <laughs> I think that, that makes sense. Um, so cold calling, everybody, <laughs> everybody dreads doing it. I never really had to do it a lot, I got a lot of REO properties. I work mainly with the government or municipalities. I buy from the tax sales, um, things of that nature. So a lot of my stuff is, you know, already done for me. I know it's a seller for the government that wants to sell. So I never really had to personally, um, for a lot of my business, get those type of deals. However, I do have an acquisition team now that they are in position to start co-calling. Um, what are your recommendations for cold calling? How do we win people over? You're, you're the sales, you're the genius salesman here. <laughs> um, what are your recommendations? What are you implementing when you're actually cold calling people? All right. So cold calling. Here's the thing. If you're going to be cold calling yourself, what I would one recommend is get the most targeted list that you can. Don't call yourself on a high equity list uh, with high equity list just people that have owned the house for a long time and have lots of equity especially a bunch of old people right so you want it to be as niche down as you can because if you're going to suffer and go through the effort you want to make sure you have the best opportunity that you can and I would suggest blocking out periods of time and just even if it's short periods of time have time where you're like I am going to go hard on cold calling from here to here, and then keeping that commitment. Um, I also would recommend do not have you calling yourself as a long-term strategy. It's not going to be sustainable. You're not going to want to do it. You're eventually going to want to hire a third-party company. Um, I don't recommend training your own VAs. Some people have been very successful at that. I like things that are easy. I like doing the few things that I'm good at and all the other things that I suck at. Like I'd rather just have someone else do it that that's their thing. So I would suggest just hiring cold callers eventually, and it's not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? All things considered, like maybe after you get a deal yourself, cold calling. But the good thing about getting the cold calls yourself is one, it's going to give you time to get better on the phone, so that when you do have a good lead, you don't sound like it's your first phone call. Like you sound like you've been around the block a little bit, and it also gives you an appreciation of you know how many people have to be called for someone to actually raise their hand and say, hey, yeah, I would consider a cash offer. So when you get those leads, they are more valuable to you. You know what I mean? Because you put in the work for them. So it does teach you some good perspective. Doing some of your own cold calling and prospecting will teach you to respect the leads and treat them all like pure gold. You know, people that are just spoon-fed leads from the very beginning, sometimes they're like, if it's not a lay down, they're like, oh man, these leads suck. Like, where's the person that's just going to sell me their house at a discount? 
and I just take the order. Like you'll get those sometimes, but you can't build a lifestyle off of those. Like those are just bonuses. So yeah, cold calling I think is good when you're starting out because it'll give you the chops and it's a low risk situation where you're not like I wouldn't recommend someone get brand new in the business and start PPC marketing, like doing Google paid ads. Each lead could be a hundred, two hundred bucks. And if you don't sound good on the phone, you're just you're burning through your money, like you're killing yeah. your, your budget. Hi. <laughs> So I was gonna because you brought it up, skip tracing. What are you? What company are you using, or that you recommend for skip tracing? So if you're just starting out, you know what I mean. You're doing like low quantities. I think batch isn't a bad way to go because you can get like the dialer, the data, the skip tracing, all in one. Now, if you're trying to find like the cheapest way, there are cheaper ways out there than going with batch. The batch is like is like the simplest and they have good customer support and all that. Some of the other ones, like it's a little bit more janky, like submitting your stuff. And if you want to get like really cheap data, you have to do it in bulk. You know what I mean? Most of the big ones, you have to do like 10,000 records or more. Um, to be perfectly honest, just full disclosure, I by no means like a cold calling or data like expert by any means you know there's there's probably people that are more qualified than that i've done some mm-hmm. you know what i mean but uh yeah prop stream a lot of people pull lists from i mean there's a million places you can go i would say the most important thing is just to pull a list and start calling i think a lot of people get into analysis paralysis where they're trying to find the perfect thing but like honestly like with cool calling they either are thinking about selling or they're not like there's not a magic script. It's more so just being able to get through it, especially when you have like VAs from other countries, like they're calling them with an accent on a line that there's like a delay when they pick up and these people are still saying, yes, I consider an offer. They'll let you know there's motivation there. You know what I mean? So it's almost like the crappier your cold callers are, sometimes like you're getting the more motivated leads because they're like, <laughs> they're still saying yes, even though it's very unpolished. But you know, the really crappy ones, they'll give you fake leads and they'll give you leads where they never said yes and all that just to hit their numbers. So do be careful with that because you can't waste money dealing with the wrong companies. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so the next question I have, and guys, everyone that's watching, if you have any questions, feel free to leave your questions in the question box below. Um, I'm, I'm gonna run up like in any minute now. Okay. <laughs> so to de- Definitely drop your questions below and we'll get to them probably in the next five minutes or less. So because we're talking about VAs, right? What are some best practices as to managing VAs? Because people get taken advantage of, of these VAs, even though sometimes they're like $4 an hour, $2 an hour, $5 an hour. If they can, they will do nothing. They will act like they made call. Is you actually um, trail or manage your VA team, or do you? Because you say cost fussy, I do see you yeah, say cost. So the VAs that we use for the cold calls, they're completely managed by the third party company, oh. and that's how I would recommend. Where you're buying seats and you're not like actually having people that are dedicated to you. Um, now, in terms of like having VA like acquisitions people and VA other team members, right, that aren't cold callers, I can only speak from, from like secondhand experience from people that I've seen that have been successful 
because I've never ran like a big VA team. Like, honestly, like I like to travel light and like, I don't like like a lot of baggage and everything. I, I just like to be the one man band, go in there and do my thing and get out. But the ones that I see that do it really well is one, you want to treat them like normal team members, of course, right? Um, they need to feel that they are valued and they do need to be valued. Uh, you need to spend time training them. I would recommend having Zoom meetings, and I know people that, too, keep their, their Zoom cameras have to be on throughout the whole day so you can see if they're actually working or not. And then that's like a non-negotiable. they don't want to do that, then, you know, maybe the job's not for them, right? Okay. But it's, a VA is just like any other person. They need to be held accountable. They need to feel valued. They need to feel like there's something more to it than just a paycheck. Like give them the opportunity to move up and get more responsibility because you can find some really sharp, really smart people that, you know, they just didn't happen to be born in the United States. They, you know what I mean? They never had the opportunities that we had and they are hungry. They are motivated. They're good people. They're smart. And you can keep feeding them responsibilities and they can get higher and higher level tasks where you can even have them closing your deals and doing, you know, doing all, all the high-level tasks. So keep them motivated, keep them happy, give, pay attention to them, and you have to just, you have to stay on top of it. Like if anything that you just let just go on its own, nine times out of 10, it's gonna deteriorate and eventually it's just gonna fall apart. I agree. I know from personal experience. Yeah. Um, so like, all right, so my last question would be, what are your real estate predictions what do you think is going to happen in 2023 man <laughs> the question of the everybody wants to know that <laughs> so i can tell you this whether the market goes up or the market goes down there's going to be people moving all around town and across the country there's going to be people getting divorced there's going to be people getting married there's going to be people dying and people being born and all these people are going to be buying and selling their houses and hopefully most of them, they're going to be doing it through us, right? And we're going to be nailing novations. Like I see novation as being the thing that is going to save a lot of businesses and sustain a lot of businesses because what will eventually happen, you know, obviously I don't have a crystal ball, but there's a good chance that, you know, if the economy goes down, like a lot of people are predicting, if the job market goes down, if, you know, house prices go continue to go down, Eventually, the big institutional buyers are going to step back or step back in and start buying a lot more properties, right? So, basically, uh, you know, when that happens, there's going to need to be people to source them. So, there's going to be a massive opportunity when that happens. The hedge funds will be back. You know, unfortunately, if the economy's bad, you know, people are going to have to sell their house if they can't afford it. You know, what I mean, there's going to, you know, if there's if the economy's bad, the only people that are going to be buying houses for the most part are going to be the institutional buyers. So I would say retail buyers are going to be your lifeblood for right now until we can make sense of what's going to happen. Maybe the market won't go back. Maybe it was just a dip and it'll sustain or maybe it'll just go down a little bit. But I would say get wherever the action is, right? As wholesalers, we're getting in between the transaction. We've got one person over here that wants to sell. We've got a cash buyer that wants to buy, but they don't know each other. So we're getting in between it and taking our cut. Now, when there's less of that going on, if we're trying to get in between these transactions, we don't have a good shot, but there's always people moving. 
So retail buyers, even if that pool shrinks down, it's still going to be the biggest pool out of the pools that there are. There's only so many people buying houses, institutions, investors, and retail. That's it. You know what I mean? And retail is always going to be the biggest pool. So if you're playing in the retail space, you're going to have the best shot possible. And I would say too, for everybody, get your sales skills, your communication skills, network, find, you know, be a person of value, find other people of value, working on, work on making yourself valuable. And also I would say, share your journey. Even if you're brand new and just starting out, there's someone that's newer than you that you're doing what they're thinking about doing and you're an inspiration to them, right? And then also find people that also inspire yourself, right? So I would say seek to inspire and then continue to be inspired yourself. Just make yourself the best version of yourself and enjoy, you know what I mean? Enjoy, look, you're gonna make some money this year, you're gonna lose some money this year. No matter what happens, have fun. Life's not all about money. Money's great and everything, but like, yeah, it's all about just living a good life and being a good person. And I would say no matter what happens in 2023, whether it cracks, whether it goes straight, whether it takes back off, we're gonna be we're gonna be making money because we're in the middle of the transaction. It doesn't matter. As long as we can get in between the money moving, that's all we need. You know, we're not buying and holding, at least not me, you know what I mean? So as long as stuff is moving, we're gonna find a way to make money. Amen. We're gonna make money no matter what. We will be rich in the recession no matter what, right? That's right. Um, so, and I want everybody to know that you can do innovation in any type. It doesn't have to be um, residential. It, it could be commercial, apartment buildings. Uh, well, apartment buildings is just a different type of buyer, but it can be mixed use. Not even, and now that I'm thinking about it, it could even be like um, the 203K loan type of, even for development. So they have like the production loans for mortgage buyers. If you have an opportunity, you can also use it, that strategy and that type of deal. So now I think that everybody that has, that will hear this podcast and that is on this live, they know like, all right, there's different ways to skin the cat because everybody's just teaching that 70% ARV rule, right? Novation is the life hack. It's the hack. <laughs> so yeah, I can start getting some checks. The cheat code. What'd you say? The cheat code, right? Cheat code. That's right. Oh, so, yeah. And, mm -hmm. I'm if sorry. anybody wants my Novation paperwork, DM me, follow me at Novation King. DM me. I'm going to be setting up a website. We can just do it automated, but right now I'll just send it off. I'll give you my paperwork absolutely free. I'll tell you what title company to go to. You have to be very careful what title company you use with these because a lot of title companies will say they can do it and at the last minute will drop the ball and let you down. So, uh, yeah, DM me and I'll send you all that info totally free. But what I was going to also say was, do you recommend them using an attorney in every novation deal or is your documents good to go? No, like in an attorney closing state, there'll be attorney involved. But okay. no, like I, I don't use it. I don't use any attorneys or anything like that. You know, the sellers generally, if you if you know how to run them through the paperwork and explain everything, when you get a lot of sellers asking to like talk about it with an attorney or they need to think about it, it's generally because they're confused and they don't understand the paperwork. So 
That's something I teach in my courses, how to explain everything to them and run through the full agreement so they can sign while you're on the phone. Because time kills all deals and their excitement and motivation, as soon as they get off the phone with you, it drops. Like, however much it drops, it's going down. And then yeah. now they're distracted, something else has their attention. So you want to get them to run through the whole agreement when you're on the phone and get them to sign right then. That's like your best shot at getting done. Love it. So what are your, well, tell us about your course since we're wrapping up. I don't think anyone has any questions. Okay. I didn't see one question yet. So it's just me now making up. But if y'all do have any questions, definitely send us a question in the question box below. Um, but tell us about your course. Yeah. Um, definitely send me a, an affiliate link or something so I can post it with the episode because I want to post this on YouTube. So you'll be able to see the replay to this on YouTube and on all of the major podcast platforms. So that's Apple Podcasts, Radio, Spotify, everywhere. So tell us about your course. And let everyone know how to keep in contact with you. Yeah. So the course is Rainmaker Acquisitions 2.0. It's a wholesale innovation acquisitions course. This is like the, the main focus is how to talk to sellers, how to negotiate with them, how to lock up the deal, how to go through the paperwork, and then how to set the expectations. So it's not like a wholesaling 101 course. I don't cover cold calling, marketing. I don't cover, like I wanted to do one thing that is my expertise and I just kind of like lay out the whole blueprint on how you can get really good at talking to sellers. So it's video modules. I've got real live seller calls. Um, I also have included some bonus material with Zooms that I've done with team trainings and also like a paid live training that I did. Um, like the idea is for someone, whether they're a seasoned wholesaler or they're brand new, where they can go through the content and they understand the mindset of a closer. They understand how to read the sellers. They have all the scripts and everything you need. I wanted to boil it down to like the most useful stuff without it being overly long, overly complicated, bunch of fluff and scholarly stuff. Like I've taken a lot of courses myself. I tried not to do all the stuff that I didn't like <laughs> on the other courses and just try to make it as simple as possible and just like a repeatable process. Got it. So we've got like 130 something students now. I've got zero chargebacks. Uh, you know, I work with some of the biggest wholesalers in the country, like not to toot my own horn. You like, did. Like, we've, we've gotten great success with the process. Like everyone's following the process. And it doesn't just work for me. It works for everybody that implements it. Yeah. So if you're looking to get on game and not reinvent the wheel, uh, yeah, go to workwithwonders.com. The link's in my bio. I do the 50% off discount code for like a little bit longer. I keep stretching it out because people keep signing up. As soon as I take it down, people are like, bro, I was about to get paid next week. Please. Like, it's 2023 is the discount code. And it gives it to you half off. Half off. Okay. So it's normally like nine ninety seven right now, and it brings it down to like under five hundred bucks. So about the cost of like a bottle of Grey Goose and like a, a a club somewhere, right? But this is something that can literally change your entire skill set and financial future. So definitely something to check out. You know, and I do have a two pay plan too. If you wanted to split it up into two different payments, if you don't have it all at once. It's like you pay one one month, then you pay the other payment the other month. So I love. It. I'm glad you know it get real out here, right? So <laughs> he's right. giving options. If 
you missed the beginning of the interview. You talked about his whole journey, how he got started. It. So to see him now is really, truly a blessing. Um, thanks for sharing your, your story, your testimony with us. And he worked with the best, some of the best. He helped build some of the best wholesalers companies out here. So that's why I brought him on here. That's why he's qualified to tell you all about innovation, right? Yeah. Um, how you can add this strategy to your business, your wholesaling business. Now, if you do want to know about wholesaling, we are going to recommend that you Get that information on YouTube. I mean, everyone's talking about it on YouTube. Actually, I learned how to wholesale from from YouTube. And this was back in 2015, 16, when people wasn't really giving the, the game out. Yeah. I learned how to do certain things on there. Um, and then I had to just learn from trial and error. You know, the streets is always going to teach you what you need to know. <laughs> um, but no, this was awesome. It was a pleasure meeting you, Rich. When I'm in um, Arizona, if I if I make it out there, let's definitely link up. I know you have a beautiful wife and family. I would love to meet them too, God willing. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing. Yep. Entrepreneur-wise, putting people on, spreading good vibes. Uh, I'll definitely post you and have, you know, tell everybody to follow you. So thanks again been great conversation great energy and yeah let's let's do some deals let's go that, and i'll send you some deals too because i have some um but with that being said everyone thanks for watching make sure you go check out the replay on youtube again journey to develop her and also on apple itunes uh spotify all of the major podcast platforms all right and follow at journey to developer of course all right y'all be blessed take care Thank you for listening to the Journey to Develop Her podcast with Deontay Chantel and her special guest. Listen, we want you to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform and give us a five-star review. That will be incredible. And we also have a visual experience over on YouTube. Just YouTube Journey to Develop Her podcast. To follow Deontay on Instagram, just hit up Deontay Chantel. That's D-I-O-N-T-E-C-H-A-N-T-E. And also on IG at Journey to Develop Her. That's Journey to Develop Her. You can hit all the links in her bio with that. Stay locked in, keep developing, and we'll see you here next time.